Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Join the inner circle, www.themaximuspodcast.com. When you're there, look for the inner circle and join it. Uh, it's a monthly subscription fee. You'll get an app on your phone and you have access to daily workouts, nutritional information, conversation with both Joe and I on a, on a daily basis and access to a great community of like-minded people from yeah. all over the world. So head over to the maximuspodcast.com and sign up right now before you do anything. Here we go with part two of the uh, podcast with Hero's Journey with David and Christy, uh, as we said last week, it's one of our very favorite gyms. If you didn't listen to last week, push stop right now. Go back, listen to part one, because you will not want to miss it. I have a two-part question for you. Uh, the first one I think is probably the most important. Um, I'm imagining, especially for, for folks out in our audience that might own a gym, that they would look at this inclusivity theme as really hard to implement. It's so much easier to just fall back on kind of traditional values and men's and women's bathroom because that's how the building's built. Is it hard to be this inclusive? I don't know that it's hard. It does take proactive work. Uh, But the further we get into this, the more it just starts to become the way we operate. And you're, I, I think something starts to flip a little bit in your brain. And we've noticed that a lot. And we have a, um, a diversity and uh, a disability advisor on our advisory board. And they've helped us a lot. I've noticed it specifically with my interactions with them and, and what they brought to us is that thing. your brain starts to flip where things that seemed really hard because you've been intentionally practicing it that way or thinking mm. that way um, is it, it starts to switch. And I think the, the, a good example of that would be with uh, someone's pronouns, right? So we, uh, we ask people's pronouns, we put our pronouns on, you know, like on our bios and all that kind of stuff, which seems like uh, it's more work, but now that we've done it, it, isn't really it's just change 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 is always hard and Mm -hmm. so you know we when you change the language that you use every day over time that becomes your default when you change the way that you approach life over time that becomes your default i I won't lie though there is um when we're building a workout and we're building a full adaptation stack keeping in mind the um accessibility of this workout to people at any point in their journey that is extra work Mm -hmm. It, it is extra work to write on the board it takes me 15 minutes to write a workout on the board instead of five because I'm putting lots more stuff on the board. So there, there will always be additional work, but the return for us in the, the way that the community receives it and in the people that we're able to um, help access uh, the idea of health and fitness in a way that they might not have had before, it's well worth it. And, uh, and in the end, like Christy said, this becomes part of the community. It becomes something that the people who come to us for fitness build into their lives it becomes uh, it becomes your default position. Inclusivity. The only reason that inclusivity is hasn't been our default position in these environments is because we were societally not in that place. We were societally we treated people who were outside of what we thought about as being mainstream or normal. We treated them as a burden or as an extra thing we had to do, and that's a society wide problem. And so, as soon as you start spending time and that initial efforts to make that happen. We change our societies, our micro societies mm-hmm. first, and our larger societies after that. So, and, so yeah. kind of what I'm hearing is it's it's a lot like just training yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. You come in and doing all these different movements and lifting these weights and learning how to move your body is really challenging. But in time, it just becomes what you do. It's social and intellectual so, and so, I mean, 
Long answer, perfect. Short answer, no, it's not hard. It just is what it is. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we uh, we brought into as we started to build this place, and like I said, we're three, we're in month three, <laughs> is uh, as we were setting things up and and programming, is uh, I came across, and I don't even remember where I came across it. Somebody I followed on Instagram, and it was actually in the fitness world. Um, stating that there's a difference between all are welcome here and this place was uh, designed for you. Mm. And so we've really tried to bring that into the space of how can we be thoughtfully proactive to be inclusive and, and design our workouts, design our space for everyone. We're not going to always get it right. We're, right. we're constantly well, I evolving. I think it'd be safe to say in, in three years' time, you might be doing things very differently. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, and there's little things that any, any gym can do. One of the pet peeves that Christy and I have had throughout our fitness journey from, from the very beginning, and this is very common in the fitness industry, and it's okay maybe if your gym does this, if this is your culture, that's great. But when weights are prescribed different from, from men and women, mm. um, we, and again, part of it is because of the nature of our gym, but if first, there's not just two genders. It's not a pure binary thing. And second, um, it is just as likely that a person with you know a female presentation or, or a female pronouns can lift more weight than somebody next to them with male pronouns. Just being the fact that I've got more testosterone than I have estrogen doesn't necessarily mean I'm stronger than somebody who's got a different hormone profile. Um, and and starting when you start your fitness journey by seeing that separation. Mm-hmm. You're, you're building separation into your culture. And again, that may be right in some cases if you're a gym that's focusing on some kind of a competition, uh, knowing that it's bifurcated in that way, it may be the right thing for you to do. But since we're not training for competition, we're training for health and life, we can discard that right away. And just discarding that gender separation, it, it causes two things from the foundation of the gym. One, it, it lets us uh, behave in a way that we can acknowledge all genders and not just the two that traditionally our society has has looked upon. And the second thing is we don't make any then judgments about who you are or what you can do when you come into the gym. And, and I, I, as a woman, I've had instances previously to this uh, where you know weight's been prescribed or uh, something along those lines where I'm like, well, I don't, I don't like the the lady bar like you know people will talk about the 35 pound barbell as the lady bar and I'm like I've got bigger hands than David does I used to introduce the the men's and women's bars the same way I did the men's and women's bathrooms yeah like this one's labeled men's this one's labeled women's use whichever one you want you know you know my favorite thing about that is that Mm -hmm. I noticed rogue has didn't like the term girl bar yeah so they use the term Bella Bar, yeah. which is like is, so much worse. <laughs> it's like, slightly yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. But like the, the it, it has a smaller circumference. Yeah, so My hands, hands feel I have bigger hands than David. Like the, like I said, there are some lifts barely, I but, like the quote unquote girls bar. Right. You know, so, like if I have to do a clean in a competition, give me that whippy bar, please. You know what I mean? And the smaller bar is so much easier to grip. So we and we just call it what it is. It's a thirty-five pound barbell Perfect. and a forty-five pound barbell. We have fifteen pound barbells. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I've, I've been in classes where it's been prescribed by gender um, and then, you know, it becomes really obvious what people are lifting and um, deadlifts is my favorite. Um, I can do a pretty heavy deadlift, but there are times when I'm deadlifting more than the man next to me and then weird comments happen from that man because they're uncomfortable with the right. fact that yeah. it's been prescribed that he should be lifting heavier than than. The women and I'm next to him lifting something heavier than him and it just it's not necessary we can take that away Mm -hmm. and celebrate where everybody is at what it requires however is it requires you to treat each individual as though they are different and not homogenized Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if you're going to separate if you're going to take away the 
the bifurcations that we've made societally for fitness to work, you have to acknowledge that not only it's not just that men are like this and women are like this um, and anybody who's not a man or a woman we don't know what to do with. It is that uh, each person is at a different place on their journey. And so it requires then a little more effort at, at right. the base. It requires a little more acknowledgement at the base that, you know, uh, we're going to need to, when some when we're getting ready to choose weights for a, a you know, dumbbell workout or whatever, you're going to have to find a different way to talk about, you know, how much weight should this be? Well, we're going to do 10 reps. That 10th rep should be really hard for you. So spend a few seconds lifting some weights and figure out what that, what that right, is. Right. But it requires might- a little more work in that respect. But then you put everybody in a place where they're, uh, they're in the right place for their journey. And then we'll also do something that we do a lot of too is when we're talking about finding the weight for it. We can we'll say things if if today is a recovery day for you or if you know you you're you know working on form for this versus um, intensity of weight um, keep that in mind mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. know if you're going to go lighter weight we're we're doing a, a 15 minute amrap if you're going lighter in weight you're likely going to get more rounds through this than if you pick a heavier weight you're going to have less rounds because it's just a different approach. And so if we normalize different approaches and that looking in, listening to your body, which we have to teach, right? We have to yeah, teach yeah. people how to have that introspection of their own bodies, um, as well as the proprioception that we all teach, right? Um, is That's a, a learned skill and our language affects how well, people I, learn I, What I'm hearing here, like personal training is almost easy because personal training is by its nature one person right so it's easy to say no no you should use this bar you should use that weight in a group setting you have to account literally for everyone and so that that has its own challenges and that brings me to the second part of this question um and i'll call this the evil empire question because we've seen like during pride month every corporation now will throw the pride flag up yeah and then as soon as pride month is over they're back to their normal logo yeah uh so how do you i guess avoid the perception that it's just kind of like this corporate thing where we're just trying to placate to these people versus kind of from the ground up, we actually care about you. It's, I mean, I think fundamentally you have to mean it. Uh, you know, and that sounds so silly, but uh, it's, it is not, I don't think it's super hard for Christy and I to convince people that we mean it because we do. Um, and so if you just see our advertisement or you just see like a Facebook ad or, you know, whatever, however you learned about us, you may have the suspicion that they're just jumping on the nerd bandwagon or they're just doing this for dollars or whatever. But if you come into the space and you meet our coaches and you spend a class with us, hopefully that's enough for you to realize we mean it. And, and I don't know, Christy, if you've got a better answer than that. No, I, and, and I, think, I, think that, I think that is the right answer. I mean, there's a reason why all of the art up on the wall is the art that we had in storage that we bought over the last <laughs> decade that we didn't have room for in our apartment because it's already full of nerdy and geek art. Like what you see on the wall is a manifestation of who we are. Um, and we're, we're constantly trying to expand that as new people come into our space. And one of the things, one of my private clients, uh, she's an animator. Um, she's super into anime and, um, her favorite, there's, there's a whole genre of sports anime that I did not, I was not aware of before I started working with her. And, you know, Yuri on Ice is her favorite. So I've learned a lot about what she's loved and been able to incorporate that into things where we, I will do Yuri on Ice style workouts or something along those lines. And we're constantly learning it. Yuri on Ice might not be my favorite thing. Battlestar Galactica and She-Hulk are my favorite things, <laughs> right? Um, but learning, and I genuinely want to know about what makes her tick, what she loves. How can we use what she loves to inspire 
her workouts and her health journey. Yeah, I don't think it's. I mean, I don't think it's any different from from coaching in any other circumstance. Mm-hmm. If you're like you said, if you're doing private training for somebody who's training in the off season and is an NBA player, you you understand who they are and you're tailoring a workout to their needs. We can't tailor 100 percent to everybody who's in a group class, but if we learn who they are and we are thoughtful about our adaptations and we are constantly thoughtful about the language and encouraging them to listen to their body and when they need to take a rest in a workout because it's a challenging workout and they are uh, they are not resilient in this particular way yet and they step up to take a rest and we are checking in with them and saying hey are you okay um you feeling good right now no i just need to take a rest great we're not yelling at you to get back into a workout without thinking about where you are you know those things compound and, and and People can see that it's sincere, but from a pure advertising standpoint, if you maybe saw an ad for Heroes Journey Fitness, you might think uh, they're jumping on the nerd bandwagon, and that's mm-hmm. just something that we live with, and we try to make sure our language and the way we live, and and this is a, another important thing, I think, when you're um, establishing a small business that is sort of an extension of who you are, and you're trying to be sincere about this stuff, is that who you are outside of the business of the gym matters as well. I mean, I know your guys' social media profiles are very much about the ethos that you um, that you are uh, that you encourage because you believe this. Um, if my social media profile is a bunch of you know hateful slurs, and then I run a gym that's pretending to be inclusive, that's going to be pretty clear pretty fast. And yeah. so you know the the person that I am in the world is the person that I am here. Um, and if that's true, I think that to be clear, good. David's Instagram is mostly of our cats. That's right. <laughs> so. But I also I also find that regardless of what you post, because I've run into this, mm-hmm. is. People, it's actually funny. I did a post. There was a sign on a front lawn in my neighborhood. And, and it said something to the effect of, in this household, we believe in free love. We believe that black lives matter. Yep. We believe in homosexual marriage. We believe in like equal rights for all. We believe it was like it was a really nice sign. And it was funny because I post a lot of inclusive stuff. Like if you really follow me. Probably one out of every five posts is like, I want to help people. I care about everybody. I don't judge. I don't. Mm-hmm. When I put that sign up, I got a bunch of comments. Mm-hmm. Half were like, thumbs up. You're awesome. The other half were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're like a UFC fighter. You're a cop. You're bald. You're muscular. You can't possibly believe in this. And I'm like, haven't you been following me? Like, haven't you been following, like, I'm fairly, like, liberal that I believe in? It's funny what people choose to see. So even if you put your message out, people are going to choose to see what they, as my point, they're going to choose to see what they want to see. It helps that that I look a little bit like people expect me to look. And Mm -hmm. and those things are, and I think this is important, too, and we talked about this a little bit. It's also why I think the Maximus podcast is so important for you guys. Because the way that you guys look, you you are super fit. Um, white dudes. Oh, God bless uh, your heart. Who, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, so you, you look away that people are going to expect a certain thing from you. And yeah. when they listen to the podcast and they listen to your uh, to the one on uh, toxic masculinity and they listen to they hear that inclusion and stuff, it starts to be permission for people who have been uh, pigeonholed into a certain place by how they look and the things that they love. They love the gym. They love to lift weights or whatever. Mm-hmm. This gives them permission then to think about things that they might not have or in a way that they haven't before. And that's why I think, I mean, this is just... You know, it's not blowing smoke up your guys' ass. It's true. Why, why I think this is an important podcast because you allow people who um, who may think in a certain way and haven't been exposed to certain things to, to to expand their minds. Well, and I don't want to get political necessarily because that turns some people off, and I, I, I want us to be inclusive. But the reality is, I'm on the right side of the fence with a lot of things. Like I, I, I feel, and I know Joe, we talk about this a lot with the podcast. Is it's like it or not? I'm white. I'm male. 
and I'm you know a Canadian citizen. Everybody loves Canadians, but like I'm I'm essentially part of the majority. Yeah. So I've had it pretty easy. Like when you compare about like just example because you're 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 a woman. It's like I've never had to deal with a fucking pay gap, which I think is horseshit by the way. But I've never had to deal with that. There was a thing in Canada where someone asked their prime minister like it's why is half your cabinet women yeah and he just looked at them he's like it's 2015 yeah. that's why I've never had to deal with that so I can't pretend but I do feel that I have an obligation because I'm in the majority if you will to have like to have a voice and stick up for people that may not have a voice or have been marginalized in yeah. some point so I agree with you 100% like we don't need Everyone needs to stand up. Kind of like in the NFL that Colin Kaepernick kneeled. Yeah. That's great. You know who I want to kneel? Tom Brady. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. would be like, no, 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 you guys. This is what's happening now. Like, I think as the majority, we have a thing. And that brings me to this. This shirt that you're wearing. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I think I think it's great. And I think it, like, accompanies your message uh, perfectly. I'm going to let you know that I'm... Stealing it. Oh, perfect. I'll give you credit for two weeks and then it's mine. Um, but his shirt, if you can't see it, it says, you can sit with us. Which I love. Everyone can relate to that. Yeah, Tell I mean, us the, how that started. What, like, what, what's the deal here? But, I mean, I think all of this stuff. Oh, look at that, Joe. Uh, all of this stuff is, uh, we're talking back about inclusion and, you know, and building something from the ground up that is for everyone. We, Christy and I talked a lot about, you know, what are the things... Uh, when you ask us why we're doing this or if you ask us, you know, I, is the gym right for me? We want to be able to, to, to have in the DNA of, of this place the reality that it is for everyone. So the things that we say is we've got painted on the wall, fitness is for everyone. That's the first thing you see when you walk into the gym. We fundamentally believe that is true. My shirt says you can sit with us because, I, you know, I was the bully nerd growing up. I mean, we all know the, the, uh, the movie quote of, you know, you can't sit with us. And we want to make it very clear. You can sit with us. It's the point of this. The point of this place is you can sit with us. We have another t-shirt that says you are enough. Um, the, the fitness industry, the traditional retail fitness industry, and this is not because the people who coach there or the people that I've encountered feel this way, but the traditional fitness industry has been built a lot on guilt and shame. Um, and it's because those are powerful marketing tactics um, they're, they're researched and, and proven marketing tactics. Researched, proven, powerful marketing profit. tactics for sustaining the supplement industry, for sustaining the fitness industry, for sustaining you know all of that stuff. But it's the opposite of how we want people to feel. I know it's the opposite of how you want people to feel, and the opposite of many gym owners want people to feel. And just by sort of uh, by fiat, that has become a dominant part of our culture: guilt and shame. And so we wanted to be very clear on the, every surface of the gym. That's not who we are. From a, at, at a direct standpoint you can look around our place and you can see that is obviously not who we are and too and uh it's not just on the surface i mean we we have a free community class every saturday uh, that's our heavily themed class and uh anybody is welcome to join that we have people who just come to that and that's great and fantastic not everybody has uh it in their budget to for a gym membership for a class-based gym membership. Yeah, to, to, it's one thing to be, to belong to Planet Fitness for 12 bucks a month or whatever, yeah. but, but to come and have a coach take care of you for an hour and help you learn something new, everybody can afford that. Did this come about, was this an accident? Because I'm really interested in branding. Or was this like you guys sat down, okay, we need some slogans, let's come up with them. Or was this like it, an epiphany or a, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of happened. Uh, 
I, I so it it has to do with us leaving uh, our previous gym. Yeah, is where that came out of. Um, uh, it was a, a partnership that didn't end super well. Um, and uh, as we after we left, uh, we felt like we had lost our community in a lot of ways. And, and there were things that happened in that space after we left that felt exclusionary, not only to us, um, but to people who had previously were part of it. been a part of that community. Um, and so this slogan was actually uh, came about from that, of that feeling of having been excluded from something that we had built um, and, and seeing other people that we cared about that had nothing to do with the partnership uh, falling apart, being excluded from something that we had built. Either they'd moved away or finances had changed and they no longer had access to that. Um, and so we wanted to make a statement of, we, we mean it. Everybody is welcome here, whether you can afford to be here or you physically can be here or, or not. If you, you know, if we have people, we had uh, somebody come up from San Diego last weekend to come just to come to class like that's to they drive two and a half they hours drove two and a half hours class. stayed on a friend's couch so that they could come take a wow. class with us and but but we do we we mean it yeah. there's a place for you the the you are enough one comes from a similar place and, and and i think they are marketing slogans ultimately but they're they come from a place of our experience we uh uh, we, last year we did the Wonder Woman 5K, which is a fun little dress up like Wonder Woman kind of 5K thing here. But Christy had just gotten out of a cast after having broken yeah. her foot. And so we ran and walked that thing uh, in a way that we hadn't in a very long time. I like, hadn't run previous, like I'd been in that boot. Yeah. But, but you know, five, like, first time I'd run. five, running a 5K at the level that our fitness is now is not something that's challenging for us in a fundamental way. But, we walked and ran a 5K and felt in the middle of a crowd of people, everybody running past us. Again, for the first time in a long time for me, that I had felt that way and remembered what it feels like in that moment to be not only not competitive, but at the end. For everybody to be passing you, for everybody to be... And, and I think we should be reminded of that on a regular basis. And the thing that I had to remind myself in that moment, for my, the sake of my own ego, for the sake of how I felt, was that I'm enough. I'm doing this for a reason. Um, and that I am enough. So the you are enough comes out of that. Um, we, and I think it's actually important. It's one of the things that we talk to our coaches a lot about. We, we do a little seminar that we're actually building that we're going to hopefully project outwards called Compassionate Coaching. But uh, one of the things that we recommend is sign up for a 5K. Typically, they're not very expensive. Sign up for a 5K. You know, run at your normal pace the first you know, uh, 500 meters or whatever. And then stop and walk. And see what it feels like to be passed over and over again. To be in the rear to to take this thing that you pride yourself in as a fitness trainer of being very fit what happens when that goes away and how does that feel and those things help us care for the people in our care you know if if we practice them and if we need them i love that can i get a shirt like that absolutely so if you go to our website and go to the little link of store i'll get you one but if you're <laughs> I was like you're gonna make me buy a fucking shirt <laughs> no, 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 no. Shit. but in but for the purposes of the podcast you can go to our website heroesjourney.com right. click on the store link and you can buy can, it can i get one for bino too yes i will get one for you it, and for beans it's and for actually me. funny i love it so much because i actually had a talk on the first day with school my son my 10 year old and we had a talk i'm like hey dude like if you see somebody sitting by themselves at lunch, invite them to your table. Yeah. Be nice to everybody. Like this year, I really want you to step up and like look after kids. Cause he's getting at the age of like fifth grade kids start getting mean. Yeah. So like we had this talk yeah. about like, Hey dude, like I want you to be nice. Yeah. 
to everybody like nice kindness is a practice compassion is a practice empathy is a practice one of the the things again the things that have fallen out of like the time when we were outside of our gym when we were planning this uh, the 2016 election happened during that time Um, and there was a lot of uh, posts on Facebook and social media and stuff that that focused around something along the lines of I don't know how to teach you to care about other people and there was a lot of people throwing up their hands about I don't know how to teach empathy I don't know how to teach those things and it's such a fundamentally I think wrong headed idea of course Empathy is a learned behavior. Of course, compassion is a learned behavior. Some of us have more propensity toward it than others, maybe, but it's societal. It's how you were raised. It's what it's what you, you were brought to the table, and you're never too old to learn those things. But it requires that you're part of a society where those things are important. If empathy isn't important in your society, if I'm a if if it's 1982 and I'm a Wall Street trader, empathy isn't a, a trait that's celebrated. I'm not going to learn that or practice that. You know, so we're in a gym here, and, and what we what we celebrate is lifting the big weight. People are going to be trying to lift the big weight, and so if we can also celebrate compassion, and we can also celebrate empathy, and we also celebrate self care, and we also celebrate all those things, if we as a society celebrate those things, people will learn from us to practice them. So I need you guys to do a favor for me. Hmm. Joe has failed in this too, because he's not. <laughs> no offense, Joe, you're what? terrible at this. What? Terrible role model for Bino. Oh, <laughs> Bino's at school. He's ten. He's, he's got it in his mind because we had a talk about, I don't know how this started, I don't know how he got this, but if he uh, is in a physical altercation with a bully, he gets rewarded. He gets ice cream, he gets like, he, he's, he's taught to deal with bullying much the way Batman would. Sure. If that, if that makes sense to you, um, which which I'm getting from you guys is the wrong way to deal with bullies. But it's like, he thinks it's free will, like, hey dad, so if like he bullies that person, I can like take him out, right? And I'm like... Dude, you're not Bruce Wayne. You need to calm down. <laughs> you're um, raising a vigilante. But, but <laughs> I am raising. He does. He does believe in vigilante violence. You know. Um, but my my serious question is, what do you guys do, or have you had to deal with some of your people being exclusionary? Like because that does happen in a gym. Like even and and I'll tell you. You know my experience uh, when we did Comic Con. We talked about like, and, and Joe, you talked about when you go to the gaming store, mm-hmm. like I say, you guys, nerds, I, I'm the fucking biggest nerd there is and nerds don't like me. Sure. Like you're not allowed in our store. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, I've been playing magic longer than you've been alive. Yeah. Like I'm not allowed in. Like there seems to be, or you get the gym culture and Joe, you were talking about this. You have 25 members. All of a sudden, 20 new members come in. And the 25 are there. Like, are things changing? We don't yeah, like yeah. you. Have you guys had to deal with that yet? Well, I mean, not formally at this gym. We've only been yeah. here three months. And, and our structure is pretty compassionate. And our, and our members have been very embracing of that thus far. I expect we will eventually. I mean, once society builds, there's always going to be a sense of insider and outsider. And so I think the first thing is that Christy and I are, will, will be, continue to be, and our coaches continue to be very active in trying to bridge the gap between inside and outside. Um, making sure that every class is welcoming to every person that's new, making sure that there's an inside joke, it's explained, you know, all of those things that help an outsider feel like an, in, or an insider. Um, but I think it's inevitable in any society where there begins to be a little bit of tribalism. Um, I think in the nerd world, there's been a lot of gatekeeping over the last few years. I mean, Christy's experienced a lot of it as yeah. a woman. Um, and so we we have to take an active role in, in, in welcoming new people and in making sure that our actions don't display any of that gatekeeping. I think a, a good example of how it, that uh, practice is already being implemented in our space, um, and it was an accident that we, has become intentional. So one of our advisory members, uh, Blair Herter, <laughs> is, 
he when we when we first got the building, we were going through permitting process for the license and stuff. We were testing that workout, so we would have friends in and we would work out and test out workouts. And Blair rolled up one time. He rode his bike in, um, sat down, and uh, started eating a burrito. And that was while we worked out. While we worked out. out. So that's how he was participating. So now one of our recovery options on the board always is a burrito. Uh, And so it's either it depends on how it gets written, like BYOB, burrito, like all sorts of things. But it's given us a chance to have uh, something that unifies us, but that we then explain on a semi-regular basis as new people come in. And so we're demonstrating, hey, here's something that that binds us all together as this little inside joke or this inside thing. Um, here's what it is. And it's super easy then to become included in that. We have lots of people that will, if you watch our Instagram stories, we're retweeting or not reposting uh, pictures of people's recovery burritos after workouts <laughs> and things like that. And so it, there's intentional ways that people it, can be included. But it, but it requires affirmative action. So if you want people, new people to feel part of an established culture, it requires you to bring them in. You can't say um, to new people, or you shouldn't say to new people, you know, you can be part of our culture. You have to step up and do that. Mm-hmm. You know, as leaders in a, in a culture, you have to embrace the new people, bring them into the culture, and give them opportunity for it. What happens in your gym if me and this guy walk in? This I, guy being Joe. I, well, I think <laughs> I, I think the good thing about our gym, as we are small right now, and I think those those people actually would recognize you largely because we retweet and repost and stuff mm-hmm. your guys' stuff. You, you know, Bobby Maxwell's books on our bookshelf over here. I'm not sure if you saw that, and maybe that helps your ill feeling about Anthony's quote on the wall. But you know, so the, the, the oh, I have a lot of ill feelings. Here. <laughs> You're making but, me buy a shirt on the damn website. <laughs> My quotes aren't here. But, but so I think, I mean, I think specifically for you guys, you're, you're recognized. But I think secondarily, the our current culture takes great pains to embrace that uh, and to embrace nerds of all types. We also have the benefit of being in Burbank and being in Los Angeles. So we're in a version of a nerd community that has become very inclusive. Some of the big uh, celebrities in the you know, I don't know, whatever the nerd community that we're peripheral to have, have become guys who look more like you. Joe Manganiello is really important in the Dungeons & Dragons community right now. He's a hugely ripped, muscular dude known for Magic Mike and for um, True Blood. And people people are beginning in some of our communities to bridge these gaps and to recognize mm-hmm. Travis Willingham from from uh, Critical Role, which is really important in the D&D community, is a big, strong guy with a lot of gym background. And so a lot of those barriers are beginning to be broken. Even when we did that Comic-Con panel whatever three years ago, um, things have changed even since then. But again, depending upon where you are culturally, you may be looked at weird in a nerd, in a nerd space. And I think mm-hmm. what's incumbent, it is incumbent upon the leaderships in any space to squash that and to, uh, to bridge that gap. So if you walk into our gym and somebody like rolls their eyes at you, I'm going to have a conversation with that person later in private and in public in front of the gym. I'm going to say something that welcomes you in and I'm going to make sure it's very clear that we've prepared this workout for you as well as I have for anybody else. And too, I think you, uh, you know, having, if you were to walk into that space, the more diversity that we is visible, the better, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. if we have all types of diversity, fitness level, uh, gender, race, all, all of that, uh, ideas, beliefs, then we become stronger and better. And the more diversity, the more inclusive we can become. So it wouldn't cause you guys stress. I mean, here's why I'm getting at this. You guys are great coaches. Like I love what you guys do. And like I said, I would trust my people with you. It wouldn't cause you any stress if, if, Take it away from me because people know me. Like Tommy Hackenbrook comes walking through the door. Matt Frazier, like CrossFit God, comes walking through the door. Somebody like that that happens to be in Burbank yeah. 
that's like, man, I love the Hulk. I love the, this is like where I want to be. And Bobby said, you guys are great coaches. Joe said, you guys are great coaches. The only thing that I would worry about is right now in our current state of equipment, I don't think we have dumbbells big enough. So like, I would worry about something like that. Like, shit, our dumbbells top out at 45 right you now. That's perfect for our environment. Your, but. Like, it would make your other members feel maybe... They, oh, so they might they might have a level of initial uncomfort uh, where they're uncomfortable or intimidated, but, or intimidated, but that's life, right? But that would be an example for them to broaden what their perception mm-hmm. of somebody mm-hmm. who looks like that is. And if we're welcoming and we are open and we're excited about them being here, it gives our people permission to. And do then something. all of a sudden, that person happens to be really nice. Yeah, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's like you know, we well, can't fake the funk. We say that all the time. Yeah. you know, it's it's really hard to put up a front. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we found, I mean, the the nerd aspect of our gym is genuine to who we are and a lot of the people that that come into our space, but uh, it it is a big connector. I think back to my very first, like, nerd convention. It was Dragon Con, uh, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago. I, I I was not super active in like nerd communities or nerd spaces. I was very nerdy, but I walked into that first dragon con and it was like this sigh of relief where all of a sudden I was surrounded by these people who may not love the exact same thing for the exact same reason, but they were open to the idea of me loving something. And there were times where we could connect on that. Well, I don't know. I'm talking to you in this line. I'm waiting to get into this panel. I'm talking to this person. We both love this thing. We have this common thing in, in, we have a thing in common now that we can relate on and expand. And I think that is true for the nerd aspect of what we do. I think it's true for the health and fitness aspect. And so for somebody who walks in our door, we all have something that connects us and then it expands from there. We, and we, because we are in Los Angeles and we're in, and we're in Burbank, we've had people come through our doors who are celebrities, actors, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, and it's interesting. We had an actor who's a, who's a, a TV actor and a voice actor who voices Cyclops uh, a lot in the cartoons or mm-hmm. has voiced Cyclops in the cartoons. And, uh, and he saw my phone case at the time, which was a Cyclops. And so we started bonding over Cyclops. And then some other people who may be intimidated by him. He's very fit. Um, he's a young actor. He's super good looking. Um it becomes very clear that we have something in common. He's he is famous. He's here, whatever. And we're in LA, so it's actors are mm-hmm. usually treated with a little less uh, excitement than than in maybe in other places. But it becomes very clear in that environment. You know, when Robin, Bobby, when you and I first met, uh, I was terrified of taking. Uh, I, I was just beginning my sort of like my my path to becoming a fitness trainer. I had just gotten fit enough to even be begin to consider this stuff. I was terrified to be in your space. You and I bonded over nerd stuff. Um, in the first seminar, you, you, you mentioned something about when we were doing our first discussion about, uh, about recovery and you were talking about different ways that you could recover. And one of the things that you threw in was Lazarus pit. You can get, you know, you can go do cryogenics. You can do these things. You can also go find a Lazarus pit and it's a room full of people who are like writing down Lazarus. It's a real thing. I, have one in my I didn't house. say it isn't a real thing. What I'm saying is not everybody understood what it was. What's um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but seriously, but that was that was that I recognized something of uh, that that I have in me in you, and that recognition allowed me to feel more comfortable with you and to be less scared of you. And over time, obviously, we, we became friends. But I was so intimidated by you when we started. But that little bit of that tiny little bit of connection that matters. In the words of Darth Maul. <laughs> you are right to be afraid. <laughs> I mean, like it's like I, I, I had a question I was going to ask, and I think I found an answer to it. But I was wondering: Does this business model work elsewhere? Does this kind of uh, uh, forgotten culture being celebrated, this inclusionary uh, mode of running a fitness facility, work in say Middle America? And 
what I think I've come to understand here is it does, but it might just look different. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, compassion, I mean, at our core, we are a place that is compassionate to people who are, be, who are at any stage of their fitness journey. Um, and I think that model, there are, there are lots of gyms out there who are already practicing this model. Maybe mm-hmm. they haven't put that forward. Right. But that model is what it is at its heart. And, you know, it helps that, as we were talking about previously, you know, mar- between Marvel Comics and Marvel movies and DC movies and Game of Thrones, that nerdhood is part of popular culture now. So this the veneer that we have on our gym um, that we, is meaningful deeply to us probably plays in most other places as well. But, uh, but it, yeah, I think if at base your 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 business model is caring for people. I don't know how that could ask it. Happens. Now, I have a question about, it's less about the nerd stuff, but this has brought it up for mm-hmm. me. You guys made a comment earlier in the podcast about how not everyone's looking to be jacked. Yeah. Not everyone's looking to be big. And, and I don't know why I didn't think of it less like before this, but... Isn't everybody looking to be jacked and big? One of the, no, but here's the thing. One of the things that's always, and it's really coming to like light for me, is all of your heroes. What do they look like? The She-Hulk is fucking jacked. The Hulk is jacked. Thor is jacked. Iron Man's suit is jacked. He didn't build a suit with a belly. Like when you look at traditional heroes... My favorite hero, Kratos, who's the god of war. Sure. That, just so you know the, the right to be afraid thing, yeah. I model my behavior after that, man, <laughs> just so we're clear. But like when you look at all these heroes, even when you see Joe and I, we bonded when he came to visit me. He taught me about the journeys into Middle Earth. Oh, sure. This is a game we play. Yeah, yeah. We also watched The Dark Knight Returns, the two-part um, Batman series. Best thing ever. Batman probably. is the most jacked Human I, I think I the, sent you a screenshot when I realized he jumps on the hood of the car and he is as wide as the car. And you're like, like oh my God, like everyone's jacked. <laughs> so doesn't everybody want to be, like all your heroes are jacked. So I, I think I think there's a difference between, I would argue, maybe this is a different answer for you, Christy, is I think there's a difference between um, admiring what the current society sees as a physical ideal and genuinely wanting that for yourself. And, and maybe if it was easy, Sure, everybody would want to be like that, but but I think we all understand a little bit, at least a little bit, the delta between our normal lives and having a back that is as wide as the hood of a car. And so, you know, we can see that maybe that isn't as important to me as something else. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, that's, it's hard. That's, that's where you're meeting people where they're at, and I, yeah. I think for for somebody who's uh, it maybe has a similar background. They were bullied. They were nervous. They went to other gyms. They, had, they didn't have a great experience, and, and they come in here. That the, the concept of looking like Batman is so far out of their realm of what they even think is possible. But again, they're in the gym two, three years. Now they're looking at private training. Their goals are going to shift and change, and maybe that does become valuable, but that's not their driving yeah. yeah. So I, I, something we've done is uh, uh, I and I've I've done this for a long time. Where a lot of the art that I collected, I looked for art pieces that weren't just mm. jacked. And if you look around, that there are those pieces here of like different uh, different body types, and and we're celebrating all of that. I think uh, 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 something that I can point to that we've seen in our space so i i'm probably don't look like a traditional fitness trainer you know i i have more body fat on me right now than i typically am comfortable with but i've also been i was dealing with depression after we left um our previous gym i uh 
some health things. I broke my foot. I am unraveling some um, pain points in my body, and I've been focusing on that. We started the gym. So kind of like the body fat loss has kind of put on a back burner as I focus on other things Mm -hmm. in in my space. What we've seen that's translated, especially with the uh, women in our gym, is we've got, we're in Los Angeles, so we have lots of people who came here to be actors who, where that one ideal body type was what they were striving for, right? That that super thin, um, toned, Mm -hmm. as opposed to muscular, like that type of thing. We're starting to see and have conversations where people that are in our care come to us and say, I've been focusing on this. I'm in this space and I'm seeing women who are prioritizing what they need for their bodies. They're prioritizing becoming strong. I would like to do that now. I'm going to let go of this ideal that probably wasn't what they wanted for their body anyways. is what they were told they should want for their body. Well, I I, I compare that honestly to like if I walked in here and and you're like, well, what's your goal? And I'm like, I want to look exactly like an (laughs) oak tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that? What, like, what does that mean? Like, your your body isn't an oak tree. Like, yeah. you you you'll never be that tall. You'll never never have bark for skin. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't make sense. But eventually, you have to realize, like, I want my body to be the best that my body can be, and capable of the things that I want. It to well, be. and it, it depends upon where you're starting from a lot too. You know, if you're if you're if you show up at the gym for the first time, you've you've been thinking about it for a long time. You finally made the step through the threshold, and the reason that you're here is because you've got a new kid and your your whatever two year old I don't know how the kids get how quickly they get but like, <laughs> my kid just started to weigh thirty five pounds and I'm having trouble picking them up and playing with them and that doesn't feel good to me and I want to change that if that's why you're here it, maybe eventually you do love it and you decide you want to get jacked but if the, if why you're here is I want to pick up your kid that's what we're going to focus on mm-hmm. and so I think back to the question of doesn't everybody want to be jacked I would love to look like Ryan Reynolds and in Deadpool, right? And then when I first started working out and first getting fit, I wanted to be lean and muscular like that. I'm a big square dude with Northern European genes. Um, at my best, I look like 1980s David Hasselhoff. At my best. Um, and that's just the reality of my body. And I learned that over time. There's no point in me, unless I want to focus 100% of my attention on on you know leaving myself out and like building a specific body it's not something that I want or care to have for myself um, if it were easy sure but since it's not easy my my priority stack has to be my priority well and I think too like uh, we'll often reference uh, Bobby for you like when people talk about that when you say well it takes an enormous amount of your energy and your day is devoted to being looking as jacked as possible and being as jacked as possible and the amount that you have to eat in order to do that and I think about one time when we were and this will come up when we talk to people about it um, we'll, we'll just say you know our friend we, we stayed we stayed with you and Lisa one time and you were just like shoveling pasta before bed because you were on a masking. You watched me to pound a pasta right before you went to bed because you were trying to masking. And and that's intentional for what you want. Most people don't understand what that means to, to maintain that body type. And we have another friend that we trained uh, for a scene, he's a TV actor, for a scene where he had to be like prison ripped uh, Jack for one scene, right? Um, we trained him and uh, it's it's something that's hard to maintain. He it he took him walked. down to like I mean he was like at seven percent body fat. Yeah, when he, he shot, looked really amazing. But that's not a sustainable life. And yeah. he realized that's not he, he he remembers fondly seeing all of his abs like that. But it's not a sustainable place. Yeah, for him. For him, it is for you. I understand. That. <laughs> I, just, I just want to ask. That's what he told you. He was unmasking. 
Or is he just because he likes pasta? <laughs> 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 oh yeah, it's a basket. He's shoveling one in. of your one of, one of your jujitsu tournaments, and you were yeah. trying to well, pick. I'm I'm I, we're going to wrap this up soon. Yes. So if yeah. you have any further questions, but I just want to say to you. You advise David. I'm no longer speaking to him. Thank you. Why, what's happening now? Um, I love you. <laughs> I, I I I generally have, and this may be exclusionary. I rank my friends. You have now jumped ahead of him in my friendship rankings. Oh. You have referenced me as jacked, and like you use me as positive <laughs> examples. This. This guy, he references, oh, I want to look like Ryan Reynolds. I want to look like Joe Magnanelia or whatever his name I, is. I, Not <laughs> me. That's hurtful. I thought we were friends and you could tell him that we are done. Uh, so what I will say is in response to that, it's not going to make you like me more, but it's about hair. It's uh, entirely about hair. And, uh, <laughs> you know why For people that don't know I'm bald, this isn't my fault. This is a curse stricken on me by the, the God or Thor or Odin or whoever you believe in. That's not my fault. I'm just saying that's the delta. You 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 are not living your you can sit with us thing. Now I I live three people in the room with hair and I feel bad about myself. I need a hat. <laughs> do you have any other questions, Joe? Uh, I do not. I think this has been fantastic. You guys are great. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming doing on this. Show. Thanks yeah, for inviting us to do this. It makes me so happy, and I'm glad you guys were able to come here and see the gym and everything. So, yeah, one 100%. question from from your mouth. I love this place. I, I wish it would have been something like this for me when I was yeah, 15 yeah. and scared to death. I mean, literally, to go into a weight room. And, and the story about me getting pinned under a 45 pound bar is, is true. Yeah, like I was awful. I actually don't even want to know. I kind of want to go back and like watch myself, but I don't because I have this new universe that I fabricated. I don't yeah. know that <laughs> me. Um, I guess what I want to ask is like, how do people find you? Come in here. If I'm from out of town, can I come for a day? Like, what? Yeah. What does that look like for people that want to come here? How do they find you? Your your social handles. Uh, so for the gym, it's heroesjourneyla.com. Um, and uh, and that's Heroes Journey LA on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And you can follow us there. You can see what kind of workouts we're doing. You see the themed workout every week, all of that kind of stuff. We don't actually take photos in the gym generally. We're going to have a couple of photo days coming up so we can get some materials for our website. But one of the things that we do is um, this thing that we're doing here is scary sometimes enough and hard enough. We don't, we're not going to take a picture of you while you're doing it. We want this to be a safe place for you. And so one of the things that we do is we don't take pictures. And it's, it, plenty of gyms take pictures, but we just we don't want you to worry about that while you're here. Um, How am I supposed to get my social media content today? Well, so you can take a picture of yourself. <laughs> yeah, you so can take a picture of well, yourself. That's fine. We let people take pictures. We okay. just as we a gym don't take pictures, don't take pictures and post things. If yeah, if yeah. you tag us, we'll repost you, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but we... Uh, so what you see on our social media is, is more of like uh, sort of our... our um, our philosophy and our, you know, our themed workouts every week and stuff like that. But you can find us there. I'm I'm David Ned on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Geek Christy. Yeah. So you can find us in the. And do you guys do programming for? I'm going to say nerds all over the world, but really everybody because like I imagine myself where I'm from. Mm-hmm. We, we, there's nothing like this coming to where I'm yeah. from anytime soon. So like, could, could could people write into you and be like, hey, I need I need help. I need motivation because I feel like. One of the reasons I love you guys is you really inspire people in a way that I can't. Thanks, that's kind. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, it, and I'm I'm so happy there's a place like this because this is like this would have been for me. I just didn't have, we have it. We haven't set up our formal online stuff yet, but you can certainly reach out to us through our contact form yeah. from the site or through our emails, and we we do do that kind of stuff. We just haven't formalized it on the website yet. We're we're relatively new, as we were talking about. Um, there is out there if you. 
I think it's on Geek and Sundry's VOD services, yeah. Max Hit Points, which was a show that we built about uh, nerds getting fit. There's 12 episodes of that out there in the world. There's five um, minutes of me doing burpees. Five on minutes show. of Chrissy doing burpees, like five <laughs> minutes straight. Um, <laughs> but so there's that that you can find. Um, but yeah, reach out to us and yeah. you know, talk to us. We're, we're here to help people. And if you've got a need and we can help, then we're happy to do that. There we go, Joe. Uh, that wraps up our podcast with David and Christy from Hero's Journey. Yeah, that that was high paced. I forgot when when we sat down and talked with them. Like that went so fast, and before I knew it, we were at almost an hour and a half of recording time. Yeah, the the biggest thing that I you know just want to say before we we sign off, in case we didn't capture it adequately during the podcast, is I love that places like this exist. Yeah, yeah. because I didn't. I didn't have it. I mean, a lot of people don't realize I was kind of that person. I was a nerd, um, not confident, uh, bullied a lot. And like, I didn't, I, I kind of found my way into fitness, but looking back on it, I could have easily quit or yeah. could have easily not found my way into it. And it's yeah. really cool how, uh, inclusive they are, but they're also doing it the right way. Yes. You they're know what not, I mean? They're, they're not, yeah, they're not watering it down or making it nope. like, uh, like Lisa always says, like pink dumbbells and like rubber bands. Yep. It's like, it's what you need. It's, it's real training and it's really accessible to all kinds of people. Yeah. They're not, they're not banning and there's a certain establishment that does this, but they're not banning four liter water jugs. Mm -hmm. They're not banning weight belts. They're not yeah. banning headphones. They're not having donut night and pizza night and mm -hmm. taco night. Uh, you could probably figure out they don't have a lunk alarm. You could probably figure out who I'm talking about. But there's no reason to water it down. You just have to make it inclusive and welcoming. And I love what they are doing. So uh, uh, continue to listen to the podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Numbers help us. I'll be very blatant about that. Mm -hmm. And also check out our good friends at Heroes Journey. Last of